Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Welcome to Special Teams, a production of iHeartRadio. Hello and welcome inside Special Teams with Jason Smith and Mike Harmon, the podcast that takes a look back at legendary teams and their single seasons of dominance or ineptness and what made them famous over the course of ours and your lives. We do this every week here. Mike and I are radio hosts at Fox Sports Radio. Our show is heard every Monday through Friday, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. on the East Coast, 7 to 11 on the West Coast. Hit us up on Twitter at HowAboutAFresca. Mike is at Swollen Dome. Let us know if there's some teams you'd like to see a spotlight here on the podcast as we're starting to get deeper in. We have a big variety of teams we've looked at so far, both NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball, college football. And now we're going to get into college basketball as we take a look back at the legendary 1994-1995 UCLA Bruins men's basketball team, which won the NCAA title and has gotten more infamous as time has gone on after Ed O'Bannon, who led the team to victory and what he's been doing post-career. But that's something coming up in the podcast. The UCLA Bruins were still trying to figure out how are we going to get back after a very down 1980s, right? Because, you know, they UCLA goes from being the program that won the NCAA title every year under John Wooden. Mm-hmm. Then they have difficulty... Walt Hazard taking over the program. The 1980s weren't great. And it was, boy, are they ever going to get back to the superstardom they were at. Jim Herrick is the head coach. He's in his seventh season for UCLA. And he had kind of restored the reputation of UCLA as a good team. But were they ever going to get over the hump? Because, look, they had a couple of, of good runs in the NCAA tournament. But they needed something to validate that the UCLA program was back. And like I said, the 80s were really difficult. And here they are in 1994-95. They had a really good team going into the season. It was about time for UCLA to have a big run and kind of validate that, hey, the Bruins are back. Westwood is back. You know, the, 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 the ghost of, of championships passed. And we get to see video all the time on TV. Now, here's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar back when he was Lou Alcindor and Bill Walton and all the superstars that John Wooden won with. I mean, this was the team that wound up bringing everything back. Yeah, you look at the, the way it built under Jim Herrick, talking about 20-win seasons every year, a 28-5 and run, and an Elite 8 appearance, 91-92. So that was the expectations, mm-hmm. all right? That was the jumping-off point. Two subpar years, 22 wins, 21 wins, uh, but early exits from the tournament, including the round of 64 the year before. So you and got a lot were, of unrest. And they, and they were ranked number one in the country the year before. So it's like, you see, all right, we're back now. We got to see something from, we got to see something from in the tournament. And they lost to Tulsa in the first round of the tournament in 1994. Yeah, you look at the way that season finished, right? They were dominant and then lost four of their final seven games to get into the tournament and then get lose a 112-102 game uh, Gary Collier for Tulsa goes off in that game uh, and they, they go down to defeat. So in, in a lot of places nowadays, that probably gets you run. 
right? That's year six of your program, mm -hmm. right? You'd had your Elite Eight run, and then you get bounced back-to-back -back years, second round, then first round exit, regardless of returning talent. And certainly here in Los Angeles now, where you and I do the show, I don't know that that's flying, unless you got a bunch of scandal going around. Sorry, I had to get my USC football reference in while I could here. Unless there's a bunch of other things flying around, you can skate perhaps a little bit. Doesn't fly, and UCLA is still looking for that John Wooden moment all these years later. That ghost, that specter is still there. So here they are coming off that sh that shocking loss. And, you know, Shea Seals was on that Tulsa team, too, that beat UCLA mm -hmm. in the first round. But this is a lot of the same players coming back. It's Ed O'Bannon, who had led the team in that Tulsa game. He had 30 and 18 and six assists. I mean, Ed O'Bannon was a superstar. His younger brother, Charles O'Bannon, was coming back. Tyus Edney, the point guard, was coming back. Cameron Dollar, the backup point guard, was there. They were joined by a couple of superstar freshmen and Toby Bailey and J.R. Henderson. So they had all of the elements needed to be a great team. Now, could they put it all together? That was the big question. And they had they had everything. They had senior leadership. You had quick guards. You had shot makers. I mean, this was if you could draw up an NCAA team and say, okay, what are the ingredients? Big man, got it. Uh, point guard, got it. Got it. Shot make, got it. This team checked all the boxes. There were no weaknesses on this UCLA team. And you mentioned bringing in the young young guards, uh, which always instrumental. And we talk about it every March when we get deep into it. If I if I can trust my guards, I can go a long way in the NCAA tournament. And Toby Bailey, who we're going to get into in a big way later on in the podcast, because what he did in the NCAA tournament, especially the championship game, is legendary. But Ed O'Bannon really took it upon himself to be hard on the younger players earlier on in the season, especially Toby Bailey. Like he would try to destroy him at practice because he wanted to make him tough. Because Ed O'Bannon knew and he was a smart guy. I mean, you, you talk about smart leaders of teams. He saw what happened to the UCLA Bruins the year before. It's okay. We need to be tougher, mentally tougher. We need to be ready when the NCAA tournament comes. So I'm going to be hard on these guys because by the time we get through 30 games in the regular season, they're going to be mentally prepared. Yeah, I mean, you look at what had happened to them in that game against Tulsa. You also had Pooh Richardson on the other side. So another guard you had to deal with from a defensive standpoint. He put up 20 in that well, game. That was Pooh Williamson. That was a different Williamson. Pooh, actually. It was a different Pooh. Did I, I misread it. It yeah. was a different Pooh. Sorry. Look, there's Brain not snap. a lot of guys named Pooh. No, There's and I think that's why was, the yeah. brain just just jumped on it and went down that bad, <laughs> that highway. Look, it could have gone somewhere else. It could so have been Winnie least. the Pooh. It could have been Tigger. It could have been Piglet. Could have been Christopher Robin. You got anybody else in the owl? cast you want to throw? <laughs> rabbit. See, owl and rabbit got screwed. They didn't get real names. You know, rabbit. Where I was always hot and cold on rabbit. Rabbit was kind of fun, but then rabbit could be kind of a jerk. Yeah, uh, it was. Uh, there was that was of, the case. Yeah, but yeah. that's good though. You got to have a little one one guy with a little bit of attitude. Yeah. <laughs> Whose mood changes a little bit. I never liked that rabbit from Winnie the Pooh. He gave too much attitude. <laughs> Celebrity impressions uh, in the podcast as well. Uh, my, my apologies for my uh, my misstatement. But the, the point being that the guards, you know, in, in tournament time get get their pressure. And you can also get defended. So young point guards get beat up a little bit when it comes to tournament time. So you needed to rough him up. And for O'Bannon, he didn't want to go through that, that same process again, right? Top team in the country and to fall as they did. So that's UCLA getting ready for the 1994-1995 season. Now, since they won the title in 95, let's take a look back at what happened in that magical year of 1995. 1995. Toy Story debuted the first of the great Pixar films that now has spawned sequel after sequel after sequel after sequel Toy Story the legendary first time we all met Buzz Lightyear that's a lot of money a lot of money and cash that has flown through through the years and a lot of Randy Newman there was he, he definitely hit a next part of his career celebrate Randy Newman yeah, I, I wherever you all, can I could do all these songs oh will go sailing Oscar still, nomination after Oscar nomination you know, man I, I still am always sad at that part where Buzz realizes sorry spoiler alert Buzz realizes he can't fly and they play I will go sailing the more he jumps over the yeah. you know off the railing and he lands and he breaks and the girl finds him that's Look, always a Toy sad Story did me. that a couple of times where it really just kicked you in the teeth uh, and Mike, Toy Story 2 and, and the rest but 
Michael Jordan returned to the NBA. You were very happy. Uh, of course I was. Oh, Jordan's back. Everybody else went, nah, now we're not going to win. 45, yo. <laughs> that, that door for the Knicks closed. <laughs> oh, Michael Jordan's back. Forget You didn't win the NBA Finals while Jordan was gone. Forget it. You're done now. It didn't happen for Sorry, you. buddy. I remember Phil Jackson actually saying that the Knicks window was closed. Michael's back. And I was like, you blankety, blankety, blank. And then he never opened the window for you during his tenure. In the front. Oh, no, no. He opened the window. Unfortunately, he. Okay. Uh, eBay debuted in 1995, back when they had like four users and it was three people buying stuff on the internet. Buying Pez dispensers all those years ago. <laughs> Windows 95 debuted, the very famous Windows 95 that everybody had. This is still back when you were on your computer and in the infant days and you were using dial up and calling tech support. One out of every three nights going, something's wrong with my computer. And tech support would say, turn it off and turn it on again. And you go, I did it before I called you. And they would say, no, do it again. And say, I just did it. Unplug All right, I'll turn it, it off and turn it on uh, again. Do that. Yeah, absolutely. And the Grateful Dead broke up in 1995. Oh. That is the magical year we are looking back at as UCLA's magical run to the NCAA title. What continues here on the show, on our podcast, one of the greatest March Madness buzzer beaters of all time. And we go back and look at what could have been an undefeated season, but for one game. That's as the special teams with Jason Smith and Mike Harmon podcast continues here, 1994-1995 UCLA Bruins. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. As we continue on here, our look back at the 1994-1995 UCLA Bruins. They began their season on November 26, 1994 with a 23-point win over Cal State Northridge. They would then beat number 7 Kentucky in the John Wooden Classic and would enter a showdown against Oregon, ranked number 2 in the country, and a 6-0 record on the line. They would fall to Oregon in this game, 82-72. to It's a game in which Jim Herrick was ejected for bumping a referee and then getting two technicals in the final minute. UCLA led this game by 13 before collapsing. This turned out to be the only loss UCLA would suffer all season long. It's one thing to say, boy, you take this one win away. Could they have finished undefeated because of... It would have been a different season. How would they have handled the pressure of being an undefeated team when you're 15 and 0, 20 and 0, 25 and 0? And certainly that's part of it. But it's not like UCLA was challenged a lot the rest of the regular season. You know, it, it, they had games where okay, they they won by a few points, but they didn't have that many close escapes. This is not a team that boy they by the skin of their teeth. No, they you know they rolled through everybody to a twenty six and one regular season, and it's not like they had a ton of close escapes along the way. Yeah, I mean, you had a couple of narrow misses uh, game against USC. 
is one that stands out on the schedule. Uh, a three-point win over Stanford at home. But you you really didn't see that. Most of them are double-digit wins. They, not that they were ranked highly in defensive efficiency. They just bludgeoned you offensively. Yeah. They just, I mean, you have a <laughs> lot of 90-point upper 80s point totals throughout their their run and good balance and depth in, in this roster that Herrick put together. They had a two-point win over Arizona in February to move to 19-1. and one. And that was really the last time they were threatened all the way into the NCAA tournament. So you, you're going from February, right? And you're going from middle of February all the way through to navigate March into, into the beginning of April, and you haven't played a close game. And you look the rest of the way they went. They wound up, they beat Stanford by double digits. They beat Cal by double digits. They beat the crap out of Duke by 23. They beat USC by 20. They beat Louisville by 20. They beat Oregon State by 20. They get revenge against Oregon and they win that game by 25. At this point, they're the number one team in the country going into the NCAA tournament. And it's, this looks like it's UCLA's tournament to lose. That's that's really I remember that being the storyline as a production assistant at ESPN and the image of UCLA and 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 them coming back and their return to glory was the big storyline of the end of the college basketball season because hey here they are and they should win the NCAA tournament. Well, and especially as we started things off, how it ended the year before. Great expectations, balanced team, opportunity ahead and to get bounced in the first round. And so now you've got focused leaders like O'Bannon trying to push it through and the, the narrative of restoring UCLA to greatness. I mean, how many quick runs did you have of, here was John Wooden's UCLA Bruins. I mean, you probably had to cut 10 of those together before every game. Oh, that was every tease was let's and look. And that was the whole thing before retro became so easily attainable was, oh, man, it's going to be awesome when you can, when you see a team, an historic team play well for the first time in years ago. Oh, we're going to get all this great old video we're going to get to see of UCLA. Now it's like, well, if I want to see UCLA, I, I can go watch full games on YouTube. Yeah, I can go. 50, yeah, I, I can do that if year, I need to. From 50 years ago, I can go find whatever I need. <laughs> Look, uh, I can also find the cut that Jason did 25 years ago. <laughs> you still can. You still I'm can. I'm sure find I stuff. can. You still can find stuff I edited back at ESPN. You, I mean, that's 100%. But yeah, just, just the reality of, I mean, when you have a dormant, giant like this because i mean even to this day i mean how often can you trot out kareem abdul jabbar and bill walton speak to each other especially when walton's on the microphone of a broadcast then you know all hell breaks loose and it's fantastic story time about crazy things he used to do to drive john wood mad <laughs> but you talk about the dominance of this and just think about the changes of college basketball and and how hard it is that you know, we we talk dynasty of you're in a final four more than once in a decade anymore, yeah. right? That you're a consistent winning program. Sorry, I had to get your Jim Beheim stuff in <laughs> while I could. Uh, I've never been there, so I don't know how that works. Uh, go cats! But yes, uh, for UCLA, now they're on the precipice of greatness. How do they finish it? They go into the NCAA tournament, number one seed in the West, and they beat Florida International very easily. 92-56, setting up a second-round game against the eighth-seed Missouri Tigers. And this game brings us one of the greatest March Madness buzzer beaters of all time in any look back that you see during March of, well, let's take a look back, and you see Ali Farrakh-Manesh, and you see Bryce Drew, and you see Tate George, and you always see Tyus Edney and his full-court dash to beat Missouri 75-74. This game, it should have never been this close, but Missouri plays fantastic. It comes down to the final seconds, and UCLA has the ball down a point with 4.8 seconds left to go. Now, to set up Tyus Edney here for a second, in retrospect, we find out that many times over the course of the season, Jim Herrick would practice what was called full court with four seconds left, full court and four, where they would inbound the ball and have to go all the way down and get a hoop in four seconds, right? So it was, how did they do it? They had a couple different ways to do it. This was 4.8 seconds, so they knew they had a lot of time. It comes down to this play in which Ed O'Bannon comes off the court and demands the ball. 
You get me the ball. I'm going to win this game for us. And Jim Herrick told Tyus Edney, we're going to inbound to you. You take it all the way and get a shot. You go all the way down the court and you get a shot. So here's your best player saying, give me the ball. And what is any coach going to do in that situation? Let's get Ed O'Bannon the ball. We got five seconds. We can get him the ball. And here's Jim Herrick saying, you take the ball all the way to the hoop. That's what he's telling Tyus Edney in the huddle before this final play. Tyus Edney gets the inbounds pass. You've seen the highlight many times. He goes down the floor. He goes behind his back. He goes in the lane for a floater and a runner. And it goes and it becomes the standard bearer at that point for survive and advance, right? Here was a number one seed. Edney hits the shot. UCLA survives to move on in the NCAA tournament. That is when you look at survive and advance in the dictionary. It's that play and that shot by Tyus Edney. Yeah, I mean, just the speed. I mean, no hesitation. The behind-the-back dribble um, defender has no idea how to keep up with him, right? Feet like fists of fury that we always talk about his, when we watch his behind the back dribble in the middle of this play is breathtaking because how many guys knowing full well, you got to navigate the court in five seconds because it takes a little bit of time to yep. dribble the ball behind your back. It's also a pretty risky move when you think of everything going on. Here's our season and we're supposed to win the NCAA championship. And he just very much. This is part of the play. I'm, I'm, I'm changing direction. I'm going behind the back and that's part of the play. And that is absolutely breathtaking. But it's just amazing, right at half court and momentum flowing, no attempt to really stop him getting his way, just backpedaling the whole way and not trying to body up, force the ball out of his hands, whatever, gets easily into the lane, banks it, and then you have that moment of horror uh, the look from the Missouri shot. I mean, because that's one you would hang on to. I mean, you like the the ecstasy of victory. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but in today's college basketball, NFL, you name it, you want to see the the other side and guys laying out on the baseline going, what just happened uh, is about as good as it gets. Well, there's there's two other things to this play. And one is a Missouri mistake and one is an incredibly smart decision by Tyus Edney. If you watch the beginning of this play, Tyus Edney is in the backcourt, and he's the only one getting the ball in the inbounds pass. Mm-hmm. Right? Missouri sets up their defense, and they have one man guarding Tyus Edney. Edney's able to catch the ball at the inbounds pass about out at the top of the key. So it's not like he, he gets it under the basket. The defender plays way off him. Yeah. And I don't understand why... If there's only one guy to catch the ball, get right on Tyus Edney. Force them to try to throw some kind of circus pass to get it in. Now, at the time, I, I, I assume the strategy was don't let Tyus Edney get behind you. They can throw the ball over your head, and he's catching the ball at midcourt. But still, denying the basketball. He's the only guy there back to catch the pass. UCLA has nobody up. Right. If there's a problem inbounding the basketball, someone's got to come all the way back. Yeah, they've and, already moved into the front court before yeah, it's inbounding. Missouri yeah. allows him to catch the ball and not only do it, but catch it past the, the free throw line. And that was a huge mistake because if you get on him and force him to try, now suddenly it's chaos and UCLA's got to inbound the ball and who knows what happens yeah, after Yeah, I mean, you've got to go try your, you know, Christian Leitner baseball pass uh, you know, and all of those kind of things. And that's not how it was drawn. It was drawn up. Tyus, you take the ball, go all the way down the court. And and he gets it nice and easy and away he drives. But his floater and his shot is such a great decision because it looks like he's going to take the ball all the way to the hoop and he has time to do it. But the Missouri center slides in front of him. And instead of risking drawing an offensive foul charge, he kind of pulls up for the floater and he's close enough where it's a, what's a high percentage shot, but because of all that momentum, you wouldn't have blamed. I'm going all the way to the hoop. I'm going all the way to the rack on this. And he could have risked that offensive foul because the center comes up, but he pulls up with the floater. And that was an incredibly smart decision because it goes and that's the ball game. You slay win 75, 74. Succeed and proceed. But one, they had to sweat out in a season where that didn't happen very often. No. There's one where you exhale and get ready for the next round. <laughs> so that was where things stood. One of the great buzzer beaters of all time for UCLA as they beat Missouri and survive and advance. How far did they get before they had to really worry about their next game? How about all the way to the national championship? How did they beat Arkansas? What happened? What new heroes did we meet? Find out coming up next as we continue. Special teams with Jason Smith and Mike Harmon, the 1994-1995 UCLA Bruins.
This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. So now it's getting to be winning time for the UCLA Bruins. Our look back here at the 94-95 National Champion UCLA squad that restored the reputation of basketball excellence to Westwood. After beating Missouri surviving, they beat Mississippi State rather easily and advanced to the Elite Eight where they take on two-seed Connecticut. This is an incredibly entertaining game. UCLA finds a way to win this 102-96. And this is kind of a star-studded team here, UConn. This is Ray Allen with 36 points in defeat. Donnie Marshall, Deron Sheffer, Kevin Ollie, who would then lead UConn to a national championship as a coach a few years later. This is a really talented team, but it was too much UCLA. Toby Bailey, the freshman, goes for 26 points and nine rebounds. He leads the way. J.R. Henderson with 18 points off the bench. It comes down to two freshmen leading the way in a big game for UCLA as they move on to the Final Four. It goes back to, as you talked about before, with Ed O'Bannon. It was the, let's get you guys ready, because you're going to be tested. Because they're obviously going to do everything they can to take the veterans out, right? The O'Bannon brothers, and see if they can't slow down work in the front court. And it takes the guards and the youngsters to come through in a big spot here. After that win over UConn, not a lot of trouble with the Oklahoma State Cowboys. They beat them 74-61 and move on to the national championship game. April 3rd, 1995 against defending champion Arkansas. And before we get into this game, let's realize that back then this was... The Arkansas Razorbacks, they were superstars in college basketball. Mm -hmm. It was during the Bill Clinton era. Bill Clinton, I think, went to, the president went to every Arkansas home game. He showed up all the time. Yeah, absolutely. And the fact that he sat, like, just in the middle of the stands. You know, it wasn't like he's in a special, but he's Such a different time, man. It's like, there he is. Now, it doesn't mean that all those guys wearing their (laughs) sweatshirts or sweaters tied around their neck weren't very young Secret Service people, but it wasn't as obvious as the dark suit, sunglass-wearing guys you're used to uh, and that you've seen exemplified in so many films. But yeah, Bill Clinton was, I mean, a sports fan. Fox Sports Radio would pop on every now and again and talk football, and he knew more than some of the hosts. So I mean, sometimes, you know, deep dive as to what the technique being used by the defensive lineman was all about is a good thing. (laughs) But here at the the peak of with, with the 40 minutes of hell, This was a fun team because 40 minutes of hell was so much fun because Arkansas would pressure the floor the entire game. But coming off the national championship, they had guys that would shoot from anywhere. Scotty Thurman, Al Dillard. I mean, they were just fantastic to go along with big, nasty Corliss Williamson. I mean, this this was the East Coast superstar team. And now you had the defending national champions and... High-profile Hollywood team playing against the Hollywood team in UCLA. Yeah, and Williamson was just a guy unto himself in college buckets, right? That was the the next generation, I think, from a physical standpoint, kind of what Charles Barkley was, where you're like, is this body going to hold up? It's kind of the questions you and I have asked on our radio show often of waiting for Zion. 
right? Almost like it's a documentary at this point. But <laughs> will the body hold up? And for Corliss Williamson, I mean, he was a man among boys in a lot of those games watching Arkansas play. And now against UCLA here in a tournament final, I mean, it had everybody's eyes. I mean, this was the conduit to the three-point teams we see in college basketball mm-hmm. so often now because they would shoot from anywhere. I remember watching Al Dillard shoot from three feet inside of the, the half court, and I would go, oh, no, he made it. Okay, all right, well, that, that worked. All right, he made Because the three-point uh, the three-point strategy was still trying to be figured out. Can we go three-point heavy and, and go all the way through and win games? Can we do, you know, Duke tried it for a long time, just going to shoot threes all the way through. And Arkansas, because they would shoot from anywhere, then they didn't care because they would play all kinds of defense. And Nolan Richardson, this team was his personality. I mean, Arkansas, it was a scary game for UCLA because they were the champs and here they are back again, still with guys can, that can fill it up fast and suddenly turn a 15-8 game into a 25-15 game. The contrast in styles too, and just knowing defensively they were going to try to wear you out. Now, the one big thing for UCLA was Tyus Edney, the big senior guard who had won the game with a big court-to-court dash or, or length of the court dash against Missouri, only played the first three minutes of this game. He hurt his wrist against Oklahoma State, and he gave it a go, but the storyline going in was, how much is Tyus Edney going to play? You knew he was going to try. He only wound up playing three minutes in this game, and if you said before the game, Tyus Edney's going to go three minutes, and then he's going to have to come out, you would say, oh boy, Arkansas is really going to have a chance to win this game, win this game by double digits, because they needed him for so much, relied on him for so much, and now, here's your big leader, senior your guard that's not going to play that was a huge blow well always the calming factor and again knowing that you were going uh, against a team like arkansas that was good at pressuring the ball good at forcing the issue this is not usually the spot you want a freshman guard <laughs> handling the ball right this is this is the game that that tyus edney need that you would uh, if you drew up the blueprint this is the game that you needed him for senior guard leadership what we talk about every tournament and, but you know what's a you know what's an un uh, uh, something that falls under the radar a little bit is that I don't know how much UCLA thought Tyus Edney was going to get to play in this game, and they probably thought he's going to play a couple of minutes and then that's it. But just the mental fact of Tyus Edney's going to start, and we see how far he goes. If you rule him out, and suddenly then Cameron Dollar, who's got to come off the bench and, and and play point guard, suddenly you have two days to think about it and think about running the team and think about the mm-hmm. pressure. Uh, that could be a different game you get, and and you're a little bit more hesitant. You're thinking too much. But the fact, okay, everything's going as it is. Tyus Edney's going to start, and if we have to adjust, we adjust. And you know, just the fact he's able to play a little bit. All right, and now we're going to Cameron Dollar for the rest of the game. Well, okay then. But he didn't have two days to really think about. Okay, this is this is a big detriment for us, and we don't have time. Think about it. Media coverage. Uh, who's writing about it? And not that you had social media nowadays. That's a whole other get. Cat and mouse game you have to play. But you got your media responsibilities. You're answering questions. Edney's still there to do that stuff, mm-hmm. right? And you play it off. I mean, uh, a bit of a master stroke here by by Herrick to play it. Hey, we're going in and we'll give it the old college try as it were. Got three minutes and it did, in the end, it didn't matter. You say led by one at halftime. And if you look at the final stats, you'd say to yourself, I don't understand how this game was even within 10 points. Because UCLA winds up winning 89-78 thanks to number one, Ed O'Bannon, who has about as dominant a championship game as you have seen in the last 20 or 30 years. He goes for 30 points, pulls down 17 rebounds, three assists, three steals. He does everything. He said, get on my back. I will lead us to a championship and he does it. He is so huge. He was unstoppable. No matter what Arkansas tried, they they kept throwing different guys and different combinations to stop Ed O'Bannon, and they couldn't do it. So he was the guy that led the team, but the spotlight again, a couple of underclassmen, Toby Bailey, 26 points and nine rebounds in this game, another huge game for a freshman, and this was a game where people who didn't know him You learned his name on national championship night because he was all over the court, flying up and down, dunking, blocking shots. It was like you thought, oh, my goodness, Toby Bailey is going to be the next star in college basketball. He's the quintessential freshman who has figured things out. And as Ed O'Bannon graduates, now it's going to be Toby Bailey's team and he's going to be a star. Massive career and 
I mean, nowadays he'd be one and done and running off to the NBA. Oh, after this game, yeah. this tournament, after he's that, in the NBA. You know what I mean? 100%. Like, it's just the total difference uh, of how we're at in our time frame. Because with that game, as your your highlight tape descent, just, just watch me here. Watch me work after I take over here and everything that he contributed to the box score. But just great balance, and, and he only played, only went seven deep. <laughs> yeah. In this game. It was just all those it, guys yeah, were it was not just, stealing minutes. It it's, was Cameron Dollar and J.R. Henderson coming off the bench. That was it. They combined for eight points on what two of nine shooting. All of it was the starters, uh, led by Ed O'Bannon, who th- this was the signature moment for his career. And I mean, they were the, I mean, they, they were they were the only ones that really scored. They relied on O'Bannon and Toby Bailey, and Toby Bailey shot great from the floor. I mean, mm-hmm. he was everywhere. He had a good career, but he never became a superstar. Uh, the biggest of superstars in college basketball or in the NBA. He had a really good career. But I want to talk about Cameron Dollar for a second because he's the guy that came in to play point guard when Tyus said, and he came out. And while he only scored six points, he still dished out eight assists and had four steals and ran the offense extremely well. They didn't need him to score. Luckily, they didn't need J.R. Henderson to score either. But what Cameron Dollar did was come in and show, okay, all is not lost. I can run this team pretty well. And that was such a calming effect on UCLA that in the second half, they were able to pull away after the early, how do we survive past Tyus Edney? What kind of game is this going to be? Cameron Dollar was a real calming effect and he made enough plays and transition up and down the floor where it was, hey, we're in good shape. Just Mm -hmm. get the ball to the right guys and we're going to be okay. And Cameron Dollar was really good. He went on to have a decent career, a good career with UCLA. Again, never became the big superstar, became a coach after that. But this was his time. Okay, we're going to win the national championship and we need you to come through for us. And he came through and I mean it. I wonder what would have happened had he known I have to start for two days and you start thinking about it, but being able to come off the bench, he was aces. 36 minutes, eight assists, four steals, three turnovers. Only six points didn't matter. Distributing the ball, slowing it down, and taking the pressure of that Arkansas defense. Just an impressive run for the sophomore. As good as it was for UCLA, it sounds like we we tell you this game, you think, well, UCLA should have won this by 50. No, they won 89-78. They pulled away from Arkansas at the end. Corliss Williamson and Scotty Thurman, the two guys they counted on the most, shot a combined five for 25 from the floor in this game. Corliss Williamson was terrible. Three out of 16. Scotty Thurman was two out of nine. They were only 10 out of 28 total from three-point range. This was a game that Arkansas has got to say, oh my goodness, we played awful. Had we just played a little bit better, maybe we could have won this game. Just a little bit better. But because of because you see these guys that counted on for so much, they didn't come through and shot so badly. It was UCLA pulling away, but it wasn't as dominant as it looked in the box score. No, you're in the game and, and you're continue to chuck up three-point shots. I mean, that was their style, right? And they certainly, as you said, anywhere in the gym uh, was within range. But at some point, don't you, don't you shuffle that up a little bit? I ask this question every NBA playoffs, and I, I watch it on the court. It's like, you know, you could change up how you approach the game, Major League Baseball, just because you didn't. You guys are actually capable of bunting and trying to gen- <laughs> and generate a run, aren't you? Same thing here. The outside game wasn't working, yet they just kept going back to the well and and leaving the the door open for UCLA to finish the job. You know, and I remember the video they played going into the game and afterwards, I just can't wait to be King from Lion King. And, and it was Toby Bailey dunking. And it was, it was just an incredible celebration of UCLA basketball as they won the national championship. And, and seeing this team, I, I thought, okay, they're going to be great for years because they're losing Ed O'Bannon and Tyus Edney, but now Cameron Dollar is going to be fine. And Toby Bailey's going to score. And here comes J.R. Henderson and they're going to be great. But it really only lasted one more year for them because Jim Herrick, at the top of his coaching profession, winning with UCLA, with the the new Wizard of Westwood, one more year because then he gets fired after the most ridiculous controversy and potential NCAA violation that you could possibly think of. And I really, when it played out back then, I... Remembered thinking, boy, this was awful. And Jim Herrick's got to think better of things. And he can't get caught with a violation like this. And now in retrospect, it's, oh my goodness, this was really 
avoidable. This, the whole thing was completely avoidable. Just before the 96-97 season, he was accused of falsifying receipts at a student-athlete recruiting dinner when two of his current players showed up to eat, Cameron Dollar and Charles O'Bannon. They come to the table where he's at his recruiting dinner, and they're there to eat. Now, that's a violation because Jim Herrick pays for the entire meal. That's an improper benefit for the two players. This is a very small violation. This is not a violation that's going to say, oh, Cameron Dollarado and, and Charles O'Bannon can't play anymore. This is not Jim Herrick's going to wind up getting fired. This is, okay, here's what's going to be a secondary violation, right. and it's really not that big a deal. But Herrick covered it up. He included the names of his wife and an assistant coach and his wife on the expense report. So when the school investigated, when Jim Herrick, no, no, these are the people who were there, they find out that, wait, okay, it's his wife and an assistant coach. No, it was really Charles O'Bannon and Cameron Dollar. They were really upset. You know, you say was really upset. Their AD, Pete Dallas, was really upset. And after this happened and Jim Herrick said, okay, yes, I falsified this receipt, they wanted him to go, and so he had to leave. They asked him to either resign by the next morning or be fired, and Herrick said, no, you got to fire me. So Uslay fires him over this thing that got so out of control where had he just admitted the violation, I mean, the, the NCAA is not going to come down really hard, and you know maybe they miss a couple of games here and there, right. but it's not going to be this is the end of the program. But Uslay was mad. They always say the cover-up is worse than the crime, and this clearly was a case of that getting out of control. Herrick quoted afterwards, uh, yes, I lied. I made a mistake in judgment, but to be fired over it, that outweighs the crime by mountains and miles, and that they'd been after him for years. I, this was as stunning a fall as you could see from UCLA because Herrick was okay. Now the pro the program is back. He's got the recruits. He's got everything. And w one year later he was gone. Well, and that's the question though, right? How much had built up angst before the national title run? Because you had two years of early exits. Maybe you've got battles behind the scenes, right? What else, what else is going on? It's always the question. What else is swirling? Oh, you about? know, there was more because right? look, for How the many AD other to be that upset yeah. that this is what it's like. This is like last straw kind of Did stuff. Did you upset some boosters along the way before that? Was there some other violation swirling? I don't know. I, I don't know Jim Herrick, the man, uh, but you, <laughs> when, when we, but when we talk about these kind of situations, right, you talk about it with scandals in major league baseball or the NFL, it's always, all right, what else do we never see? no matter how good the media is at poking and prodding. And in this case, was there something else lurking other than just general disagreements that made them react so swiftly? Well, and also the way the season ended for them couldn't have helped because this ended the 1995-96 team, the defending national champs, still won the Pac-10. Pac uh, they didn't have as great a record. They were 23-8. and They go into the NCAA tournament. And they wind up losing their opening game to Princeton. I mean, and that was a stunning upset. Sure. It was, oh my God, Princeton won a game in the NCAA tournament. So you have UCLA and all the good feels coming off of, hey, we just won the national championship. And all right, here we are again. And maybe we're not going to win, but we're going to ride Toby Bailey and these guys. And things are going to turn out great. No, they go and play Princeton in the first round, a 14 seed, and they lose 43-41. So you're coming off... The high of highs the year before, and now the low of lows. That we just lost to Princeton. Well, Princeton actually deflated the ball. I mean, that was their <laughs> big, the big way they played defense back in the. Trust me, we had the Northwestern with later <laughs> coaches uh, out of that. It's like, what do you do? Just play defense and really run the shot clock every time. So yeah, forty three forty one, unwatchable finish. And a sad end to that UCLA season. Maybe that's just the way they look. Toby Bailey led the team with 13 points. I mean, that was, I mean, that was, that was the way the game was. I mean, it was, well, they it shot was, what? 38% from the field. Yeah. It was 1918 at halftime. I mean, it's, <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that's, that's a, a barn burner. Hey, we're going to go look in on one of the other games now. Nobody needs to see this. <laughs> Yeah, right? No, close. isn't that one of those where you're yeah. switching away? I don't know. Well, we could still UCLA. It's still a you know a, a team where the high seed is going to be upset, so you still want to see. Oh it. yeah, no, you come back for the final two minutes. <laughs> There's no question. <laughs> but I mean, that's unwatchable. That's paint drying. Watching.
So that was how it ended for UCLA. It, it, it in retrospect now, looking back, you can you feel like okay, they built towards that moment, and then instead of it continuing on, it was just that was the moment we built to, and it wasn't sustainable. And Jim Herrick leaving, and the stars, uh, the future stars, never really living up to their billing as freshmen and sophomores. It was all right. UCLA had their moment, just like many other teams do, and then you know you saw the down to continue again. Steve Lavin then Steve takes Lavin over, takes over, yeah, and he was the scourge of Westwood for a while. But then he would always find his way into the tournament and get to the Sweet Sixteen. It's like, oh, we can't fire Steve no, Lavin but, now. But He's but in the Sweet was, Sixteen. But that became the story of his career, right? It yeah. was. You'd have this really rocky regular season, and then all of a sudden they'd get into the tournament. Just odd. And really, in some ways, how the coaching job has been handled for the last 25 years. So that's a look back at the 1994-1995 UCLA Bruins. How about a little bit of where are they now, Mike Harmon? All right, let's do a couple of quick ones because the best one is uh, obviously Ed O'Bannon. Sure. Uh, George Zidick. Played in the league for a couple of years, got to the NBA, played in Europe. Uh, now a commentator for the Euro League. Okay. All right. So got into the broadcast. Very nice. Bro. Cameron Dollar, you mentioned it during the podcast. Coach uh, at many stops, UC Irvine and Southern California College, Georgia, St. Louis, watch. I mean, just all over the place. He was a very uh, young head coach the first time around, uh, yes, right? Yes, but still yeah. rolling. And now, now an assistant in Washington. You got Toby Bailey, became an agent. Let me tell you all the people that flashed dollars at me when I was a freshman at UCLA. Just let me tell you. <laughs> go. Go. Don't play the rest of it. I mean, that would be his message yeah, to every one of true. them. True. Go to the uh, NBA. If I could have went to the NBA, oh, I would have went. I'd have made a lot of money. All right. And then you have Ike Nwankwo, one of the extra bodies. He doesn't play prominently in the role, but I thought it was interesting because he's got academies in Bangkok and Hong Kong. Wow. How about that? All right. That's a world globe traveler right there. And then, obviously, we have Ed O'Bannon and his moment in history uh, that has become so huge in the video game industry of forcing the idea of you used my image, used my likeness, my stats, and everything to build your game, yet I don't get a dime. And after a long Long, arduous journey. It was years for O'Bannon. And he stuck with that thing for years at O'Bannon. And now we've got to the point where players will will see compensation. Now it's when when the next iteration of games start flowing is a whole other discussion point. But there was a battle waged. I mean, how many times did you play video games? Like, yeah, there it is. You know, put insert... Uniform number here. Here's the stats, a likeness, which is a grainy version of the player in question. And and you worked from there. You know, it was no longer just, hey, here's Northwestern quarterback or UCLA small forward. It, <laughs> you know, you might as well have just had the guy in the game, especially when you started adding more and more mat- attributes to it. And from the collegiate games, that became very problematic. And then he also went back to UCLA to finish his college degree in in 2011, a degree in history from UCLA. Uh, What happened in 1994-95? Ed, just just let us know, and that's how you're going to get your degree. I thought you were going to say 95-96. What happened there? (laughs) You had it all. Well, that's the thing. And despite the fact that he had such a great career and such a dominant national championship game, you know, the game against Duke when they beat Duke so bad, Mm -hmm. he scored 37 he only had a couple of years in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, that was it. 96 was his first year in the I, NBA, right? I, it was it was really stunning to see our Ed O'Bannon. Now, he did have injury problems, mm-hmm. but you thought for sure coming out of college, oh, Ed O'Bannon's going to be huge. The leadership, what he showed, the big game uh, takeover that he had, you thought, okay, this guy's going to really be something. Just he could be a double-double guy. Yeah. Didn't, it wasn't going to be a, necessarily a star, but could be one of those sixth, seventh guys in a rotation that was giving you nine and eight, 10 and nine, those kind of numbers on a nightly basis, kind of the career of Christian Leitner. I mean, I brought him up a little bit earlier, but that kind of career where maybe you don't get the same love from folks, but you have a nice long NBA career. But for Ed O'Bannon, his, the footnote is he's a, he's a national champion and he's the guy that changed video games forever. I mean, there's his resume. If he had had good knees, because if he'd been able to move around better mm-hmm. on on the floor in the NBA, 
it would have been a much different career. It would almost he would have had probably like a Derek Coleman type NBA career. Go. That's kind of who he reminded because the ability he had to score a lot of points wasn't just a guy who was going to score like 10 or 12, but he he could score 20, 25 and and pull down 10 or 12 rebounds, but his knees in the NBA just just, you know, they they weren't they couldn't bounce back enough for him to be able to contribute. Yeah, and unfortunately, you don't get the long long run either. You don't have the technology and the medicine that you have now, maybe to to get rid of some of those chronic issues, uh, or at least allay those the pain and and give you a chance at a longer career. You know, he said it was confidence too, and you know that that come that that comes from not being healthy enough. But he, in a lot of interviews, said, "No, no, I lost my confidence. I lost." A lot of it, I lost a lot of things. You don't have confidence as a player. You're not. You're going to play hesitantly. You're going to play slow, and it's just going to affect you. Yeah, I mean, physically, that that stays with you, right? You have enough knee injuries. You're never trusting. You're going to go up and battle. I mean, how many times do we see these big contested dunks, layups at the rim, and a guy goes up awkwardly? It's like, should I challenge this? We had one in the 2019-20 season with Anthony Davis, right? The, mm-hmm. Sacral contusion yes. was the term yes. that came into everybody's mind. But it was a in-between of, should I challenge this? We're winning big, but this is a good defensive moment. and It's a good highlight if I get the ball. So you go up kind of hesitantly, and you have a problem. For Ed O'Bannon, when you've got chronic knee issues, you're not trusting that you're making those plays and being able to b- battle through a full 48. The 1994-1995 UCLA Bruins featured here on the special teams with Jason Smith and Mike Harmon podcast. Hit us up on Twitter at HowAboutAFresca at Swollen Dome. Let us know who you'd like to see spotlighted on a future episode with special teams. We'll talk to you next week. Before you go, rate and review the show, whether you're listening on iHeartRadio, iHeartRadio apps, Apple, whatever it is. Give us a rate. Tell us you like it. We will love you forever and ever and ever. Special Teams is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com iHeart. That's l e e s a dot slash iHeart.